Welcome to this episode of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. I'm Trey Rhodes, the Connections Pastor here at Northwood Baptist Church in North Charleston, South Carolina. In just a few moments, our lead pastor, Dr. Tommy Meadow, will be joining the conversation as well. In our crazy and chaotic world, our hope is that these few minutes will help you stop and reflect on your relationship with Jesus as you learn to connect Christ-centered faith to your everyday life. Welcome to episode 62 of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. And uh, once again, we want to remind you as you start listening, go ahead and let people know that uh, you're listening to the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. Facebook, Twitter, text, however you get your information out, do that. And I think uh, you'll be blessed for doing that. I'm going to use one of those uh, terms, get get blessed by listening to us. But anyway, it were, well, it's a blessing. I mean, to hear your voice it, every week, Trey, is just quite the blessing. It is, I tell you. So anyway, just get the buzz going and uh, let people know that uh, there's something they can listen to to help with their lives and uh, in relevance to what it means to be a follower of Christ. Well, with relevance in mind, uh, you know, politics is big right now, Pastor. And it is. It, it's a lightning rod, I'm afraid. For Christians, we're told, you know, I've heard, I guess, both sides. Christians are not involved in that because it's dirty work and yeah. we just don't talk about it, don't do it. You might vote, but just don't get involved. Others believe that being a good Christian means if you don't adhere to a certain party or a certain philosophy, then then you're just uh, not worth talking to. Um, but, you know, I think um, the church should rise above politics. And, you know, I, I, I also believe is we should never make it a f- test of fellowship for Christians um, so how do we how do we keep our testimony and still remain Christian? So when it when it comes to politics, um, how can we be a part of the political system and still be known as a follower of Christ? Yeah. I guess that's what I'm trying to yeah. find out today. So uh, maybe we got something for that today, huh? We're going to try. We're going to spend the next few weeks talking about politics. That's something preachers aren't supposed to talk about. Yeah, we're not. Yeah, but we're going we're going to give it a stab and do our best to help each other think through these politically divisive days. Hey, Trey, do you remember the first time you voted in a presidential election? Oh, I do. I do. I was 18. Ulysses S. Grant? Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was, I was, you know. <laughs> I, yes. It was Ulysses, and I was just all for him. I was all in the tank for him. I got a lot of heat for that. <laughs> Did you really? Yeah. Who was it? Who was the first guy you voted for for president? You remember? Uh, Ronald Reagan. Was it really? Yeah. Ronald Reagan. Okay. okay. In that election. Yeah. There you go. So, yeah, I remember Ronald Reagan. Like that, my, my childhood was Ronald Reagan. Like, I was born in 78. He became a president in, what, 81, I guess, mm. wasn't it? 81? And well, so, he, he took the oath of office in 81, right, elected right. in 1980. So I, I remember him. Yeah. I, remember, I remember this, Trey. I remember this. I remember the day, and I, I guess, I don't, I mean, I was young, but I remember the day that Ronald Reagan got shot. Mm, I do too. I was I was on the air when it happened. Oh, were you? I was doing radio. Yeah. When, when that happened. Well, the reason why I remember it was because my parents that day that he got shot got the first TV. We got our first color TV in our house. Now I don't know why they waited so long to get a color TV because I mean that was in the eighties. <laughs> there were color TVs being. I even then. had a color TV before. Right, that, right. So. so I remember they got this big console TV. You know, it had the wood cabinet, sat on the ground, and um. Yeah, they got that TV delivered the day Ronald Reagan got shot. I could have been, you know, six, five, six years old, but I remember that day that uh, the TV was delivered, and all that was on the television was, was Ronald that, Reagan. Yeah. yeah, on every single channel. 
So Ronald all Reagan, three he was cha- all, all three, three channels. channels. Yeah. Ronald Reagan was the first president you voted for. Yes. I think the first one I voted for was George W. Is that right? Yep. That was the like George W. That, that was, uh, yeah. Wow, huh? <laughs> that's so, that's yeah. interesting. So to now think about. we get to go in a couple months and vote again. Less than a couple months. Mm-hmm. About a month and a half, we get to go vote again. I know. Don't Seems tell like us who you're going to vote for. I'm not. No. Yeah. That's, that is uh, what, why we have, um, you know, sealed ballots. Right. People aren't supposed to know how we vote. Yeah. So you think about it. This is a crazy political cycle. And just, just think about just the presidential election. So you have the president, Donald mm-hmm. Trump, and whatever you think about him, good, bad, indifferent. I mean, that, that's not the, the point of the conversation. We could probably all agree that whatever you think about him, whether you like him or you don't like him, he's a pretty polarizing figure. Mm, I would say so, yeah. I mean, just very outspoken. Uh, he, he works his Twitter feed every single day and puts all kinds of things that get him in trouble with the media. Just a very unique and interesting president we've had over these last four years. I would agree. Whether you love him or hate him, we can he's all agree he's unique a unique guy. Yes. And then you have you know this other guy, Joe Biden, who was vice president for eight years mm-hmm. and another unique guy. Yeah. I mean, he's obviously not outspoken like Donald Trump is, but... He's 77 years old. 77. He will be the oldest. I mean, Donald Trump was the oldest president to mm-hmm. uh, take office. And now if Joe Biden were to win the election in a month and a half, he would be the oldest man to take uh, the office. And he would, at the end of his four-year term, 81 years old. Yeah. That's wild. They were saying, this is an interesting factoid, when he started serving in Congress, he was with people that were that were born in the nineteen in the 1800s. Oh, wow. So just think about that. He's been around a while. Yeah, yeah. So we have two very interesting candidates for the presidency, mm-hmm. and both of them obviously are very different in their viewpoints mm-hmm. and different policies they want to enact and everything else. And so you've got that going on, and then you just have a crazy year on top of it. Oh, boy. Wow. With the pandemic and with the civil unrest because of the racial tension that exists in our country, it makes for an interesting year. And so, you know, at the end of the month, we'll start having presidential debates. That's going to be wild. Mm-hmm. Because there's a lot to debate about these days. Oh, yeah. And it's, again, it's polarizing. It's It's polarizing. It's not like you have these things where you can meet in the middle. There's just a lot of, you're either right or wrong. That's how 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 it's being expressed to us. So those debates are going to be quite interesting. Mm -hmm. And then you have, you know, in the midst of this, people like you and me, followers of Jesus, trying to figure out how we respond to it all. Because let's be honest. It's tough. Whether you are a Trump supporter or a Biden supporter, there are probably things about both candidates, if you're a Christ follower, that make you cringe. Yeah, of course. I mean, as much as you might like Joe Biden or as much as you like Donald Trump, there are probably things they do that make you cringe. Mm-hmm. And, and, so, so, and then, then we are polarizing as Christians mm. because we'll make statements like, you know, if, if you vote Democrat, you can't be a Christian. How can, how can, a, how can a Christian vote for a Democrat? After yeah. all, they're, they're, they're the baby killers. Yeah. Therefore, yeah. abortion, you know, therefore... Um, their, their view on sexuality is much different than the traditional Christian view. I mean, you can't be a Christian and vote Democrat. Mm. On the flip side, you might be someone who says, well, you can't be a Christian and vote Republican mm-hmm. because Republicans are all about capitalism. All they care about is money. Mm-hmm. Everybody getting rich and at the expense of people getting poor. And so, so you have you know polarizing candidates, and then you have polarizing Christians. If you vote this way, you can't be a Christian. If you vote this way, you can't be a Christian. Yeah, so so what do we it. do? I've heard it. Yeah. And then we come to the Bible and wonder, okay, obviously God's Word was not written in an American context. Really? Who knew? Wow. 
You know, okay. Jesus well, didn't grow up in the USA. We learn something new every day. Absolutely. <laughs> so, so does the Bible help us at all with this? Because you know, I mean, it wasn't written in American context. It mm-hmm. wasn't written in the in a, in a republic with presidents and things of that nature. And so, what do we do? Does the Bible help us understand? these politically divisive days. And what I want us to do over the next few weeks is to see how absolutely the Bible does help us to think through these politically divisive days. Because if you think about it, Trey, you know this, if you were just to read the Gospels, Mm -hmm. you would discover that Jesus was born into a very politically divisive Super culture. politically charged, yes. Wild, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, you think about just, just the context of the New Testament, okay? So so Jesus was born uh, in Bethlehem. He grew up in Nazareth, and he, uh, you know, lived in, in, in you know, Israel, Judea. Um, it was a wild time because, you know, the Jews had a king. His name was Herod, mm-hmm. but he wasn't the king they wanted. He was appointed by Rome because Rome, the Roman Empire ruled in that day. And so, you know, you had Jewish people that were oppressed by Rome. Rome appointed their ruler over them, mm-hmm. Herod. Herod was a crazy man, and Herod, he just, he just wanted to be liked. Mm-hmm. And so he tried to do all kinds of things to uh, get the Jewish people to like him, all these building projects. He rebuilt the temple and, and um, just massive projects that he undertook, in part to get the Jewish people to like him. He gave them one year without taxes, from what I hear. So oh, you want nice. somebody, you want somebody to like you. Yeah, right? I'm saying you're voting for him. Yeah, you know? yeah. So, you know, just did all kinds of things to get people to like him. But nobody did because he wasn't one of them. He wasn't, you know, Jew. He wasn't one of them. And so, so he was a half Jew, but that's another story for another day. Um, and so you have Jesus born into this climate that was very politically charged. And then this anticipation of a messiah mm-hmm. the people knew their bible right the jewish people knew their their bible they knew there was a messiah coming and and there were lots of people who claimed to be messiahs right there were some false yeah. messiahs but jesus was the true messiah mm-hmm. but he wasn't the messiah anybody was expecting oh not and a, then just oh the, boy, not the uproar over who he was you know, we, we, we were looking at my discipleship group this morning at John 7 and 8 and just talking about these claims that Jesus made to be the Messiah. And people, some people loved him, but a lot of people hated him. Yeah. And then just the crucifixion, you know, above the cross, what, what, what was the phrase that was printed above the cross? Uh, king of the Jews. King of the Jews, yeah. King of the Jews. And mocking Jesus for his claim to be king. Mm-hmm. I mean, this politically charged culture is the context in which Jesus lived. Mm. And in this politically charged culture, I think we can learn a lot about what it means to live today in a politically charged culture. Sure. So the next can. few weeks, that's what I want to do. I want us to take some time and just look at, at, at Scripture, not only the Gospels, but even further into mm-hmm. the New Testament, because the politically charged culture doesn't go away. No, it doesn't. It's, it's Paul ministers there. in it, right? Yeah. Peter ministers in it. I mean, and, and, and Paul's going to make statements like in this politically charged culture, and Peter's going to make very similar statements, mm-hmm. submit to the government. Amen. I mean, what in the world does that mean? Wow. Especially for Paul or Peter, who were living under an oppressive government, where both of them, Paul and Peter, both would lose their lives at the hands of the Roman Empire. Mm-hmm. So you have these statements they make in this, this culture, and then, then, then you get past the New Testament, and into first century Christianity and, 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 and the followers of the apostles mm-hmm. who continue to live in a politically charged culture. You have martyrs 
Oh yeah, and that's people all would result. lose their lives as the church was persecuted in, in those days. I mean, it's it, it's interesting when you go back and read the New Testament, and then also read some of the the early church fathers and begin to learn about how they responded and how mm-hmm. they lived in a very politically charged, politically divisive age. And so I think if we go back to Scripture and just think about the culture and think about the times that Jesus speaks into, there's a lot we can learn about how we as believers should respond in a political age. Well, truth be told, I mean, we will always and have always lived in a politically charged world. Yeah, absolutely. And it, and it's so, not going away. Yeah, and so we have got to figure out as Christians how do we respond to this politically charged world. That's absolutely right. So let's do that. Okay, so what we're going to do today, Trey, is is this is going to be simple, easy, breezy today. Great, All great. we're doing today is laying the groundwork. Okay, so these okay. Are, are some foundational statements, and, and, and probably if you're listening to this, especially if you are a follower of Jesus, the things we're going to say over the next few moments are probably very familiar to you. Mm-hmm. This isn't anything new, but I want us to take just a few moments and lay the groundwork to help us as we begin next episode to think through okay. uh, the New Testament and, and, and how Jesus helps us to think through living in a politically charged culture. Well, then as we lay the ground lo- groundwork, let's look at five ways that we can respond to our political climate. Let's go. Uh, first, hold to your faith more tightly than you hold to your politics. That would make sense, right? Yeah, it seems like that is, is a given, but unfortunately it's, it's not. It's not a given because yeah. we all have our favorite politicians. We all have our favorite talk show radio host and mm-hmm. all those kind of things. And and let's just be honest. There are lots of us who are disciples of We are. Whomever. Yeah. Disciples of Donald Trump, disciples of Joe Biden, disciples of Rush Limbaugh, disciples of MSNBC, whatever our political flavor is, we spend just a lot of time mm-hmm. taking in political commentary, don't we? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean how many of us, and I don't know about this with you, Trey, but I've, I've noticed the older I've gotten, the more interested I've gotten in politics because it's, it affects me more. Mm-hmm. It affects me more than when I was, you know, 19, 20 years old. You, you know, didn't think much about it. You just didn't think much about it. But now these policies, they affect my taxes. They affect, you know, uh, my way of life in a lot of ways. So I'm, I'm much more engaged and much more interested in politics mm-hmm. than, you know, I was when I was 18, 19, 20 years old. And and so, so you know, now, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll listen to talk radio mm-hmm. where I wouldn't have done that, you know, 20 years ago. Or I'll listen to, you know, Fox News or some CNN at night just to see what the different perspectives are. And, and, and you know this like I do, Trey. I mean, you start listening to that stuff pretty regular. It can really affect you in lots of ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I have always, uh, for whatever reason, uh, my family's always been a political animal. And yeah. it's, just, it's just been difficult to overcome when I became a follower of Christ and I was saved, a, you know, as a teenager. Uh, and so some of that stuff, I, a lot of it, I had to put to the side. Yeah, that, yeah. You know, I'm a I'm a believer before I'm a I am believer a first. political party. Yeah, and I'm a believer before I'm a Republican. I'm a believer before I'm a Democrat. Whatever yeah. it is, I'm a believer first. And then that was difficult, though. Yeah. That was a difficult part of my life to say, oh, you can be a follower of Christ and not be my political party, you mm. know. Mm. And, uh, of course, I overcame it, but yeah. it, it was an issue. And so I know there are other people struggling with that. Yeah, that's all. we're going to talk about this in episodes ahead, but, sure. but there is a different kingdom. Yeah. There's a kingdom that's not of this earth that should get our first priority. Mm-hmm. And when you live for that kingdom, that should shape your view of the kingdom of this earth. It should shape your view of politics. The reality is, Trey, is that whatever your political persuasion might be, that person that you're voting for for president or whatever elected office it might be, that person did not die for your sins. That's right. Jesus did did not. That person is not the king who is reigning and ruling right now and for all of eternity. Mm -hmm. Jesus is. 
Jesus is the only king, the only king who will ever reign eternally and the only king whose rule really does matter. And so if I, if I believe that, if I believe that there is a better kingdom and I believe that Jesus is the only king who mm-hmm. reigns and rules eternally, then I better hold tighter to his kingdom mm-hmm. and to my faith in him than I hold to my political persuasions or my uh, uh, political longings or whatever the case may be. Well, you know, I, it's almost like we separate politics out from the rest of our, yeah. our you know, we, we sometimes allow, well, we do allow the the Word of God to impact our lives, and yet when it comes to our politics, yeah. we kind of want to put that to the side. We and so what we need to think about it. over the next few episodes is how do we let our faith inform our politics? Yeah. How do we let our, our faith shape the way we think about politics? Because we're not saying to disengage from politics, yeah, but we're also... Uh, but we are saying, don't let politics drive your worldview. Mm-hmm. Let Christ drive Amen. it and let him shape how you think about politics. So yeah, hold to your faith more tightly than you hold to your politics. And that leads us straight to number two, which is don't expect government to do what only Jesus can do. Yeah. Remember um, Barack Obama when he ran for presidency his first term? You know, his, his big slogan was what? Hope. Hope. Hope and change. Hope and change, yeah. And, and that's what we all want. We all want hope and change. But let's be honest, and, and, and again, whatever your opinion might be of Barack Obama, uh, this, that's irrelevant to what, what we're talking about here. But here we are, you know, years after his presidency, where he promised hope and change. Ain't much changed. No. We're still a divided country. There's still a lot of people who are hopeless. And it is heartbreaking. It's I will heartbreaking. Say, yeah. I mean, so, so, I mean, he, again, a, a, Depending on your political opinion, you might think he brought about some some good policy. You might not. I have no idea. But the point is, there is not a politician who can bring about real hope and real change. There's not a politician who can make America great again, ultimately. It's just not. Politicians can, you know, enact policies and, and help help our country to be peaceable and put policies in place where people can prosper mm. and, and things of that nature. But politicians cannot bring about real hope and real change. As a matter of fact, if you place your faith in those kinds of things, you will be disappointed. You will every time. Yeah. Because how many of us have been disappointed? We've all been let down by politicians. Of course. Because here's the reality. I thought it was going to be. Yeah. I voted for them because I thought. And, yeah. you know, it just never ends yeah. up that way. Politicians are fallen human beings. They're mm-hmm. sinful just like the rest of us are. Not only that, but if you think about, you know, in, in our context, most of the people we elect for president are not followers of Jesus. Mm. Can you? I mean, I can only think of a handful you know, over the course of my life that, yeah. that, ha- that claim to be followers of Jesus, yeah. you know? Uh, so most of the people we elect president, they are not followers of Jesus. We can't expect them to bring about positive, good change if they're not following the one who really leads us to change. And so, so, so yeah, don't expect the government to do what only Jesus can do. Only Jesus can bring about lasting change in your life. Only Jesus can bring about lasting mm-hmm. change in a community. That That's what really makes the church so important. Mm-hmm. Because we are a people who believe in change and preach change and preach hope because we've found the source of change and source of hope, and it's not a political system. It's Jesus himself. So have right expectations. Jesus will never disappoint. Jesus will always give hope. Yeah. Amen. Have the right expectation. Jesus brings about the change, not your government. Amen. Number three, don't be as concerned about winning political arguments as you are about winning hearts. That's a big one, brother. Right? That's a big one. Because we all want to argue politics, it seems, these days. And we all want to win. And we all want to win those arguments. And the way I win is you say what I'm saying. (laughs) Okay, so so, 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 let me ask you this question, Trey. Yeah. 
when was the last time that you had a heated conversation with someone who has an opposing political viewpoint uh, to you, and and because of the way that you articulated your argument, you won them over to your side? Never. It never happens. <laughs> never. It just doesn't. Matter of fact, you're more adamant about what you believe, and <laughs> they're more adamant about what they believe. So. Uh, we we argue our point of opinion all the time, but I, I I just don't know how often people actually win people over to their side because they have a great argument. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And and then you know, have you ever posted something political on Facebook, Trey? Oh, occasionally. Let me ask you this question, Trey. When was the last time you posted some something political on Facebook? You linked to an article on yeah. whatever your news site was, and. And then somebody came up to you later on and said, I saw what you posted on Facebook. It completely changed my mind about my political opinion. No, it's the same thing. You have people <laughs> that say you're an idiot and people that say it's the greatest thing I've ever read. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you can argue all you want and you can have logical arguments. You can have what you think are really good arguments, but the reality is nobody buys your arguments. <laughs> Unless they already agree with you, your arguments really aren't convincing. Really, anybody. politics is looking for people that that already like agree you. with you. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's, just, that's reality. And so, so we we want to win political, and and we do. Yeah. Right? I mean, I want people to believe like I do that all life is valuable from from uh, from conception to death. All life is mm. valuable. Therefore, there should not be abortion. I want to win people over to that because I believe that. And there mm. are other things, other political or other convictions, whether it's political or that's not a political, that's a life conviction. Mm-hmm. That's a, a scriptural conviction. There are other convictions that I want people to share with me, mm-hmm. but I can't convince them. Mm. No. But you know who can? The one Jesus. who changes the heart. The one who it. changes the heart. Yeah. And so, so I need to be much more interested in winning the hearts of people by helping them to see the beauty and the glory of Jesus Christ through his death and resurrection than I am about winning people over to my political viewpoint. Mm. It's about winning hearts. That, that's what God has called us to as his church is to win hearts, not to win arguments. That's because right. your best political argument does not have the power that the gospel has. And Amen. so, again, hold your political convictions. We're not saying don't. And we're not saying disengage from politics. Be engaged. Speak up when you see injustice. Speak up for those of things course. that you believe in. We want to be engaged in the process. But understand, at the same time, there's only one who can change hearts. And, mm-hmm. and when Jesus changes a heart, when he changes a heart, those, those worldview perspectives also begin to change as mm-hmm. someone is a disciple. That, that person who... Maybe all of their lives, you know, supported candidates that were pro-abortion or that person who might have been pro-abortion himself or herself. When that person's changed by the gospel and begins to understand God's design for life, that person's viewpoint will change because mm-hmm. that's what Jesus does. It's not what we do. It's what Jesus does. And so, man, I, again, it's, just, it's I know it's simple. I know it's, you know, uh, uh, we talk about it all the time. But, man, if we can point people to Jesus, there really is the opportunity that people will be changed in every way in their lives. Amen. That's what it does. That's what he does. Excuse me. That's exactly right. Number four, whatever the outcome of the election, commit to pray rather than tear down. I think we go a long way if we just pray more. Absolutely. Because you and I know this, Trey, the the political rhetoric right now is terrible. Mm. You know? Oh, I I do know. Whoever you support. It's hard for me to watch news. I, I, you know, both sides. I just, I, yeah. I, I just, I just can't take it. Sometimes, or a lot of times. And, and the thing is, the, the the Christian rhetoric in this politically divisive mm-hmm. culture is just as bad as the rest of the world. And so, we as followers of Jesus should be setting an example as to how we should respond to 
politicians that we don't agree with. And we as Christians should not join with the world in tearing down politicians that we don't like or don't agree with. But we do it all the time. Mm-hmm. We just, we slander. <laughs> we just, I mean, that's what it, it is. But that's okay then because they're the, whatever, they're the elected officials. So isn't it okay just to tear them to pieces, you know? Well, sin is sin is sin, isn't it? Well, and we're all guilty of it. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. Wow. And, 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 Who'd and, have thought? Yeah, right. And, and the the admonition from Scripture is to do what? Not to tear down, but to build up. Mm-hmm. And not only to build up, but specifically for leaders in high places, the command is to pray for them. Whether you like Donald Trump or not, what God would want you to do is to pray for him. Pray for his salvation. Pray that he would make wise choices. If, if Joe Biden gets elected, whether you like him or not, mm-hmm. You know, the scripture doesn't call you to tear him down. The scripture calls you to pray for him, right? Mm-hmm. So think about it. And I know many who are listening to this podcast, they know this passage, but let me read it to us. This comes from um, uh, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings, and for all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good, and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Pray. That's right. You're going to be tempted to tear down those politicians that you don't agree with, but instead, pray. And see how God changes your heart as you pray for people that you don't agree with. And I think when we pray, we're praying for peace because the whole goal, even in the Roman Empire in those days, if there was peace, then the gospel could go out. That's exactly right. You know, that's the whole key is the gospel going out. That's exactly right. Amen. Well, let's uh, finish up with this fifth one, and that is whatever the outcome of the election, God's kingdom goes forward. It does, doesn't it? It's it, Yeah, it's above that, isn't it? It's above Absolutely. the fray. Whether your candidate wins or loses, God's kingdom goes forward. And, and you see this all over the world, Trey. Mm. You know, I've been to, to China a number of times. Guess what's moving forward in China? The kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a communist regime, but the kingdom of God moves forward. I have not been in North Korea, but what I know is that if the gospel is present in North Korea, the kingdom is moving forward there, even under that that dictator. I don't know if you've heard the news about Iran. I've got to say Iran. You know, the Iran, gospel they, has been going forward like crazy there. Yeah, they're saying it's the biggest the church has ever been. Isn't that wild? In the middle of th- that horror. No so. matter who is in a position of power, if God's people are present and if God's people are living on mission, the kingdom moves forward. Nothing stops the kingdom of God. So whatever the outcome of the election, be encouraged. Because here, here's what we'll say, right? We'll say things like this. This is the most important election of our lifetime. I hear that every single time. Every though. four years we hear that. Yes. This is the most important election of our lifetime. And, and this is a serious election. There are some big issues in our nation. We're Certainly not downplaying are. that at all. But at the end of the day, God's kingdom is going to still move forward no matter what happens in our nation. And so we keep our eyes on Jesus. We don't lose our hope in him. We keep living for the real, true, and lasting king because we believe his kingdom is coming. We believe that he is returning for his people. We believe that he's going to make everything right. And so we live for that kingdom. And we know that no matter what happens, his kingdom will always move forward. Amen. Well, this has been a great reminder, Pastor. I, you know, I know you said it's, we, we foundationally know these things. Mm-hmm. 
But uh, knowing and living it out is two different things. Absolutely. So uh, here we got somebody right now that's struggling with this issue. They've just had an argument with their best friend or they've just had an argument with somebody in the family. Yeah. So how, how can they kind of mend that maybe? Maybe yeah, uh, kind of yeah. give us an idea yeah. how they work through that. I think, you know, through this whole process, every four years of electing a president, we all need the same thing, a lot of humility. Mm. We just don't need a lot of Amen. humility. Amen. Knowing that there is not one politician who has all the answers, but there is one God who does. Amen. And, and Amen. so, so again, it's just, okay, I don't agree with everything that politician is doing, but my eyes aren't on him or her. Mm-hmm. My eyes are on the king. And so just living in humility, admitting when you've messed up, yeah. you know, yeah. asking for forgiveness when you say things you shouldn't say, and then trusting the king. And Amen. so, so listen, it's, it's going to be a crazy month and a half as we approach this election. Certainly but is. There's no reason why we as believers cannot shine the light of Christ, even in these politically divisive days. Amen. Well, Pastor, it's been good, and uh, we are prepared for the rest of uh, what we're going to learn about what it means to be a, a Christian and still be involved in politics and what's yeah. going on in our world. So close us out and get us ready for next week. We do hope this has been encouraging for you today. And so if it has been, go ahead and subscribe to this podcast. So you can have new content delivered to your device every single week. Share it with a friend. Leave us a five-star review. All those things are helpful for us. And uh, keep listening because over the next few weeks, we're going to dive deeper and deeper into this issue. And as always, we hope that today has helped you connect faith to life.